Hi, you're listening to Stefan Levera Podcast, a show about Bitcoin and Austrian economics. This show is brought to you by Swan Bitcoin, and Swan is organizing an all-new West Coast event deeply dedicated to Bitcoin and Bitcoiners. I'll be one of the hosts. Join us November 10th and 11th for Pacific Bitcoin. This is a two-day experience filled with all kinds of Bitcoiners, education, workshops, and just an amazing experience. There'll be a main stage with panels and fireside chats as you're used to. There'll be a swan dome with deep dive sessions. There'll be a Bitcoin lab, a place for you to get in-person support. There'll be places to lounge and hang out, play hoops, a retro gaming zone, and parties lining up in the days leading up to the event. So you don't want to miss this one. Come to LA, California in November and be part of this Pacific Bitcoin experience. If you've got friends or family who are pre-coiners or new coiners, this is a great opportunity to bring them along so they can soak up the Bitcoin culture also. So if you want to get your tickets, go to pacificbitcoin.com and of course, use the code LAVERA to get a discount on your tickets. Are you a Bitcoin builder or looking to be a Bitcoin merchant? Well, you might want to think about using Voltage because they can help you with running your Bitcoin node, Lightning node, or BTC pay server node. This allows you to operate your own merchant payment processing solution and Voltage can help you do this really easily. So now, if you're a builder, you can scale nodes instantly by the thousands. You don't have to think so hard about how you need to integrate Lightning. It doesn't have to be an afterthought. Voltage can make this hassle-free for you whether you are an individual or an organization, to integrate and build on top of Lightning. You can get quality liquidity inbound to your node easily and so much more. This used to be a real headache for people, but Voltage is simplifying this. So you can go and get your node up and running in two minutes by visiting voltage.cloud. Mempool.space is the Bitcoin Explorer built by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. It features real-time transaction tracking and mempool visualization, so you can quickly get the information you need about your Bitcoin transactions. It's available over Tor and also completely open source, so you can even run your own Mempool Explorer at home on a Raspberry Pi with just one click. Over 1 million people use Mempool.space every month, and the project is operated freely for the benefit of the Bitcoin community without ads or third-party trackers of any kind. Go try it out today over at mempool.space. So for this show, episode 407, I'm speaking with Ben Ark. He is a Bitcoin hardware maker and also the founder of the LN Bits project. So we chat about his experience getting into Bitcoin hardware hacking and making, as well as how the LN Bits project came about. Now, this might be really useful for you because it has all these really useful extensions. It's got a POS function. You can sell event tickets. You can run Satoshi Dice. You can use it for lightning payment splitting. It has automated loop out. There's all kinds of things we'll get into in this episode which I'm sure you'll learn a lot from. Ben, welcome to the show. Hello, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, I uh, have been watching your work for a while. Uh, I'm interested to chat with you. I know we obviously will have our disagreements on the uh, political and economic aspects of it, but I think in terms of what you're building with LN Bits and what you're doing in terms of hardware hacking and software around the community, I'm definitely a fan. So, uh, interested to chat with you and chat a bit more about LN Bits and perhaps give the listeners also a chance to hear from your perspective, like what is this project and some of the stuff you're building. So do you want to just give us a bit of a background on yourself in terms of like all the hardware hacking and software and stuff that you're working on with Bitcoin? Yeah, there seemed to be um, when I started actively developing things and trying to make things and contribute back into the Bitcoin ecosystem, there seemed to be a lack of a kind of maker space in Bitcoin. People were experimenting with Raspberry Pis and putting full nodes in Raspberry Pis, but they weren't using microcontrollers for smaller devices. So I went to one of the Lightning, the first Lightning Hack Day by Fullmo, when the Lightning Network had more or less just launched. 
and there was a great project there, which was a sweet machine, had a full mode in it. And there was a QR code. And if you scanned the QR code, it would take you to a website where you could select an amount, uh, some sweets and then it would pay an invoice and then it would spit the sweets out of the, out of the sweet machine. At that point, there was still this kind of idea that with the Lightning Network, everything would have a node in, uh, that that was kind of something which would happen. But then people kind of started to realize that obviously if you have an on-chain transaction for opening channels, it all becomes quite expensive. And that's probably not the, if you've got sweet machines or, or arcade machines or, you know, secondary devices, it makes more sense to have just a microcontroller in there, which can just request an invoice from a node, display the invoice, check to see if it's been paid, and then turn whatever on, whether it be the sweet machine or the arcade machine to activate a credit or something. So that was something I, I realized I could, I didn't have the skill set to be able to do it, but I, because I, before that, that period, I was a teacher and I, I taught some electronics with my kids who I used to teach. So I had like a very rudimentary understanding of electronics and I played around with a, a little bit with some Arduino type devices. So I did a little bit of research, found a great little microcontroller, the SP32, and then thought, okay, so I'm going to do a bunch of projects and just base them off this microcontroller, keep it as simple as possible. And the first thing which I tried to create was the, the sweet machine. And at that point, I had to have a little e-paper display so I could uh, display a you know a QR code and then somebody would pay it. Then it could check to see if the invoice had been paid and then it could turn on the relay and then spit out the sweets. Then from there, uh, I realized that I could plug in a keypad into the the microcontroller and then i could input an amount and request an invoice and there we are it's like okay there's a point of sale great cool so it was like the first sort of point of sale i made i really like these little e-paper screens as well at that point but then there was a couple of hang-ups it was like well i don't really want to have an e-paper screen i want to have a static qr code so as soon as you start actually building and actively actively developing for a technology you start you know you might hit some roadblocks and then you can be more or less guaranteed other people are going to hit those roadblocks so after the point of sale, a project I was working on was an ATM and the ATM needs the ability to be able to spend my funds because it's going to pay someone out some money. And at that point, nodes and custodial services like OpenNode or LMPay or, um, and, and nodes like LND and C Lightning, you couldn't have multiple accounts. You had one account with an admin key, um, which meant that if you had any service or hardware which was paying out funds it would effectively have your admin key so if someone could get the admin key they could steal your money so i wanted a way of being able to split up and um, my funds into lots of little accounts which would all have their own api keys so that was another thing which which was needed and then also a problem which which which, which i was having was every project i'd make i'd have to make like six different versions of the project because I, I wanted people who had an LND node to be able to use it. I wanted people who had a C Lightning node to be able to use it. I wanted people who had, just wanted to use a custodial service to be able to use it. So, And they all have different APIs, so I'd have to have like an LND version of the POS, a C Lightning version of the POS, clever version of the POS. So it made sense to have a middleware piece of software where I could connect to funding sources and then just reuse that piece of software, and it would just have a standard API. Then I could just develop my point of sale for that standard API um, and it wouldn't matter what the funding source was underneath. So that was another pain point, which I was starting to feel actually actively tinkering away and developing. This was all taking ages, by the way, because it was I was learning on the job, but I, you know, I hadn't programmed really before. Right, and this is over the process of of years, right? Because you would, I mean, if we're talking Lightning Hack Day, that was what 2018, uh, or there yeah. were multiple hack days to be clear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but some of those early ones, there were, and I know the German lightning community is quite a strong scene and so they had a lot of lightning hack days and i know you were involved and i know you've obviously been around the scene at various conferences and various events and uh, often being participating in things like or leading a workshop on say a hack table where you're teaching people okay here's how you use these different pieces of 
commodity hardware to create some kind of Bitcoin project or a lightning project. And so I think it's really fascinating to see the evolution of that over time. And now we're coming to now, you know, this LN bit. So for, for listeners, just to understand, so maybe they're not as familiar, like what is LN bits? Well, so 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 I was I was very slowly leading up to the the, the, the reason Alan Bit started to exist. So the uh, and it will all make sense. It's not just me ranting about hardware, but the yeah, sure. one of the points of sale in Berlin, and it's a very good point actually that without the Lightning Hack days, none of this stuff would exist, and without the just the support and the the access to great minds. Uh, people like you know um, Stepan Sagarev of, of Spectre Wallet. He was Spectre, really helpful. Yeah. yeah, every time I'd see him at a conference, I'd have a bunch of questions for him. He'd help me along a little bit. So yeah, if it, and, and the workshops are kind of off the back of that. In that you kind of feel that you know they were able to make such huge impact on on the stuff I was building. So am I able to kind of encourage people to also as soon as you teach people how to actually actively build on on these little hardware devices they start making cool things you know they start making hardware wallets and points of sale and everything anyway so we had one of these points of sale and it was a m5 stack actually which was one of these this was like an off-the-shelf product by um this company called m5 but it's an esp32 inside there that was running in the the iconic bitcoin bar room 77 and it was doing well it was doing lots of payments and uh Jörg, Jörg Platz, the owner uh, one of his issues was he didn't know what payments going into his node were for drinks and what were the payments. And he's a cypherpunk, old school cypherpunk, pre-Bitcoin, you know, crypto anarchist cypherpunk, but he was like, you have to pay his taxes. So he needed like an export to CSV feature as well, you know, and is connected somehow to this little point of sale, connected to this middleware um, where I also wanted different accounts. So then all of those ideas kind of came together. Um, and I hung out a lot with uh, Tim Boot- Bootstrap Bandit as well of Alempe. Um, and we chatted a lot and I loved LMPay and we exchanged a lot of great ideas. And I, 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 it just all came together to be this this start, this sort of free and open source custodial thing. And then there's this other idea of if you want to attack regulation, uh, one of the best ways to do it is make running things easier. You know, So it's like when the, the original cypherpunks were attacking, attacking some of the crypto regulation at that time, they just made running that software easier for people and then more people could run it. And it made more, it was easier to make mockery of the laws, you know, the archaic laws around it. So the idea was if you have, if you could run like a piece of software and you could be, you know, the Uncle Uncle Jim model for your friend's family or whatever, or the whole world, if it made it easy for you to run your own little open node, would that be more effective at kind of, you know, attacking or, or making it easier to bypass regu- regulations when it comes to running you know money transfer or custodial services so that was another another idea so anyway so it all came together and then and then i think christian roos was actually over visiting of, of raspberry blitz project um and we were talking about it and i think i was like oh yeah I'm, i got this i really want to make this thing and i might write it in php and he was like no and i said if i make it can i can we get it on the raspberry blitz and and he was like yeah but you, you can't make it in php if you want it on the raspberry blitz i'm afraid so how about python so i'm like okay python so i'm, like, I'm looking at a python apis and I find Flask, which is a really small uh, API, backend API. And then I start developing it just, I think it's like HTML and like um, the Bootstrap CSS uh, library thing. And it's very clunky and ugly, but it works. Like I have this middle layer software where I can have multiple accounts and I can connect to any funding source. And then I can just develop for this middle layer set software, which is great. And then I had a little tab in there for called extensions, which, you know, so the other idea was, you know, a lot of us actively developing and tinkering around with this new software, we would make these little projects. Like I made like the first LNURL uh, withdraw faucet, you know, online, the Sinclair faucet. And that was very popular. People wanted me to open source it, but it was just trash in the back. And every time someone would build one of these little projects, they would be replicating a lot of work. They would be connecting, connecting to a node, requesting invoices, checking if the invoice is being paid, blah, blah, blah. So it also made sense as a development tool in the stack 
you could include this thing in and it would take all that heavy lifting out and you could just build those little slithers of functionality. And actually, why not have those slithers of functionality in the software itself as extensions? Kind of like a WordPress type thing where you can extend it in a direction which is relevant to you, your node in a direction uh, which is relevant to you. So that project uh, was clunky. Um, and I think I put a bounty out to have it uh, uh, just sort of audited and refactored. And uh, uh, Fiat Jaff and Enico, Alera, they got in contact about that. Um, and then when they started working, this is why I love bounties, because when, when you put out a bounty, someone will be like, oh, great, you know, I get to work on some software with relates to Bitcoin, and you know, I get to help build something cool, and I get paid as well. And then once that's happened, they're then, they know the software, and they think of things which they want to build themselves on the software, and they were just, like, stuck to it then, like, you know, like, um, so they, they, they were have been constant um, uh, contributors. And, and I think VHS probably the, the primary contributor if you look at all the commits. So yeah, so they, and then came a big refactor uh, headed by Alira where we switched to Quasar, the front end Quasar, which is a very nice, um, if you want to develop a piece of software, it's a very nice way to make a soft piece of software look nice. It's like a, a, a CSS view um, library, which you can use framework. Um, and then, then it looked good. It looked legit and it'd also been refactored and it worked pretty well. Um, but it couldn't do sort of async stuff. So then Fiat Jaff came in and he brought in Quart, which is this async version of Flask. And then it started to get a bit more fancy in the back end. So we could like have extensions, like listening for when invoices are being paid and then get it to do a thing. And it's it's great. I and mean, it, as a tool built for my own needs, I just, I use it. You know, if I'm building like uh, a point of sale, I will use LM Bits because it's easier. And uh, I think a lot of other people, when you build something for yourself, there's always a lot of other people out there who are also like you. Uh, and because of that, we've built up a great community of users. Um, I think our Telegram group has like a thousand users in it. And they're so supportive as well. You know, like you'll have someone coming in, you just like starting their LM Bits journey and they'll have a few questions and the same people will answer the same questions again and again and again. And they don't care that they, again, it's the idea of encouraging uh, people to experiment with the software, experiment with the project. And it just has, you, you see that with all the successful free and open source projects. You can have like the greatest free and open source software out there, but if you're kind of mean toxic, like no one's going to, um, and then standoffish with people when they come and ask you dumb questions, then uh, no one's going to use your, your stuff. Whereas if, if you just embrace the community and build the community, you find those sorts of projects, like the BTC Pay server projects, uh, they do very well um, because uh, you just get, you know, all this support, this supportive network for uh, future users. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, then those users then go on to become supportive themselves of, of other people too. They have to pass the baton on. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think it's a really cool tool. I, I was playing around with it. So I guess let me just rewind just to make sure our listeners are all following along. Not everyone's like into the technical details of it. So, I'll get, I'll get, should I give you the, the, the stamp? Like the, okay, so Alan Bits is a, um, a free and open source wallet account system, which includes extensions. So you can extend your node in any direction. So you can install it on your node it's kind of like WordPress for your node. You have a simple wallet account system where you can have multiple accounts, multiple wallets, multiple users. So you can be your Uncle Jim, you know, custodian for friends, family. But we also have these extensions where you can make use of other people's work and you can extend that node in any direction which is relevant to you. So if you're a content creator, you can have QR codes in your, your videos when you do your YouTube videos. If you're a, um, a shop, an online shop, you can, you know, have some commerce tools and there's like WooCommerce integrations. Um, and if you're a cafe, then you have like a point of sale. And um, we have like a, a loop out extension, which I'm very excited about um, for those cafe and bar owners who just want to accumulate Bitcoin and put on a hardware wallet somewhere. So yeah, we have extensions, which so you'll basically install and a bit's just the core software. And then currently we're packaging all the extensions in with it because there's only like 30, but soon they will be extrapolated out. So you install and a bit software, you'll then it will be very much just like WordPress, you know, 
search for an, a, a plugin, go get it, install it, and then boom, you've got all this extra functionality which will be relevant for you. Fantastic. Yeah, and I think it's really cool. And I've, I was looking, obviously, researching a bit, and I've seen you've got it available on Raspberry Blitz and Umbral as well. So this is like an easy install thing that you can run it off, where it's running off your own node, but then you can, as you were saying, be the Uncle Jim for your family or your friends, or let's say you're running a cafe and you want to run the node for the cafe and you can run your own little LN bits and have a little POS system. And we can chat, we can get into all the different extensions and things like that. Um, but I'm also just curious in, as well, because uh, how has your journey been like trying to support the some of the different implementations? As I see, you have LND from Lightning Labs and Core Lightning from Blockstream as well. And so... Was that difficult to build in the support for that? Or was that just, you know, all as part of your own journey, you were already supporting these things anyway? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'd already like inter interacted with their APIs and RPCs and whatever else. And, and actually what LMBits does is, is quite dumb, really. I mean, it just, it, it goes and gets an invoice and checks if an invoice has been paid. And then also if it, if there's a, a stream of payments which you can connect to, you know, some WebSocket or something, then it will connect to that and then just listen to invoices and see if they're relevant to the LMBits install. So each connection is actually just, you know, a single Python file and it's just a collection of functions. And they're all the same functions. If you go into like core, uh, LMBits core wallets, you'll see that there's just uh, a bunch of uh, funding sources. And it's great because we had like a Claire support recently and then Cliche as well, which uh, I don't know if you know, if you played around much with the hosted channel stuff, but Cliche is kind of like a fork of the, the thing they're using in Simple Bitcoin Wallet in order for you to have instant inbound liquidity, uh, these hosted channel things. Cliche runs, you can build these hosted channels very quickly. So it basically means that soon we should have an LMBits install where it's like one click install, LMBits, and then you have this node underneath. Uh, yeah, so, um, and then have instant inbound liquidity uh, and then in such a way where we're not custodians of funds so it becomes it becomes like quite exciting so yeah every time there's a new funding source for lightning you can easily just implement it and add it fantastic yeah that's really cool to see and i just think it's such a cool thing because it's like as i was looking through i saw there were all these different extensions there was even a satoshi dice uh built into ln bits which is interesting right yeah, because it's very reminiscent yeah. right for people who were you know around bitcoin in like 2011 2012 2013 Many people had that memory of playing Satoshi Dice where you like send a small amount of sats to a Bitcoin address and then you receive some back. And there was like a known probability of winning or losing. And so I played around. I saw on the demo version, you've got that there. I thought that was very, it was just really cool to see that like what was old is new again. And we're doing, we're doing it using Lightning now. And now anyone can make their own lightning version of satoshi dice so i thought that, I thought that was really cool so well, um, all of these all of these extensions uh, we kind of just rolled them out quickly because we wanted to show look you can do this you can do that you can do this and i think it's just powerful to have like when you install it, you have a load of extensions but, but they can all be worked into and one of the things i really want to add to satoshi dice is the provably fair stuff which i think we could add where you get like a hash thing of you know before you actually pay and uh, or some proof i don't know how it works but i know that this provably fair thing exists and i know that it is possible speaking to my, my clever mates to be able to build that into satoshi dice so that's that's something i really want to add because then you can you know the way it works is an lnur pay and if you win you get an lnur withdraw so an lnur pay is just, you can just have a static qr code you send payments to and you get this link back which is your winnings um so you could you could print one of these like a high roller one of these qrs out and then stick it in paddington train station and see if any high roller bitcoiners come along and you know scan that qr code 
and they could potentially win, you know, tens of thousands of Satoshis or hundreds of thousands of Satoshis. And you could do it in such a way where it is provably fair. And I think that's kind of exciting. I don't like gambling. I, I really don't like gambling at all. But I think the, part of the problem with gambling is making gambling software is so much fun. So there's always these solutions for <laughs> being built by people who don't particularly yeah. like gambling, but they like making the software for it. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think it's just really cool because there's so many different possible applications right and so for some listeners who maybe they're not as into the technical aspects of it or maybe they haven't explored this as much there's just so many possible applications it's hard to even explain for people because you've got like vouchers you can have point of sale you know you can have all these different things you can run faucets out of this so i think it would be good or you can run paywalls on this so let's talk through some of these cases so people can understand oh okay if i would if i was to run my own say Raspberry Blitz, I could install LN Bits on this. I could set up an instance there and I could create some different accounts. Let's talk through some of those cases for people. So do you want to just talk through the faucets? Like, how does that work? Uh, how, would, how would you make a faucet using LN Bits to, let's say, have a QR code that anyone can scan and they can receive? So, I mean, again, it goes back to, um, uh, and this is why I love the LNURL stuff and I love things like hosted channels because they're developments and um, solutions which have been built from the ground up as opposed to protocol top down, just very much from the community of users and builders. So I, I think that's really exciting. Um, and they address real world need and what we, what we want Lightning to, how we want it to work and then that can inform protocol development. But so early on, you know, like me with my sweet machine and my little e-paper screen, I didn't want to have the e-paper screen. I want a static QR code. And the best way to achieve that is your wallet uh, is just allowed to do a get request to a server. If it gets an invoice back, it says, do you want to pay this invoice? And then you just say yes. And that's essentially what an LNURL pay is. You can do some more funky stuff, like you can set like uh, limits and stuff, like a min max and blah, blah, blah. But initially, that's basically what it is. You can, so then you can have a static QR code. You can keep just scanning it. And basically, your phone is just doing get request to a server, uh, just, you know, a, a URL. Um, and uh, if it gets an invoice back, it asks you if you want to pay it. And then LNURL can also work the other way around in that you can scan a QR code. And then the server will say to you, send back a JSON, just so basically saying, send me an invoice between this amount and this amount, and I'll pay it. And then your phone says, do you want to claim these sats? You say yes. Uh, and then your wallet is essentially just making an invoice, sending it to the server, and the server's then paying it on your behalf. You know, so you get the funds. For the user, you're scanning a QR code, saying yes, and then you're getting funds, uh, which is great for like an ATM, for example. You just want to put some, you know, for a lightning ATM, you want to put some um, coins in, and then you just want to scan a QR code and get the funds. And then there's also other forms of LNURL. There's LNURL channels, so you can easily, you know, I think bit refor use those for, for easily opening channels with nodes. And then there's uh, LNURL auth, which is getting more and more traction, which is a nice way. Actually, I mean, it's not even lightning related at all. It's just a, a I think you just sign like a, a message or something. And then you can use that to authorize uh, access because you can do that from a lightning wallet. You can, you know, scan with your lightning wallets uh, and, and um, log into different services and whatever on the internet or or real world as well. So it's a very powerful collection suite of tools. And LNURL is, is Lightning URL, simply. Um, and the protocol has been had a lot of hours put into it. You know, if you go to that protocol repo, uh, so if you Google like GitHub LNURL, you'll get to the protocol repo and you'll see all the different varieties of LNURL and then all the different wallets which support it. And those wallets supporting is often the people who've developed LNURL, such as um, uh, Fiat Jaff and Hampus, them actually going to those wallets and like helping them PR and, and, and get those get that implemented. Because builders and users, we just wanted it to exist. You know, we wanted, I think, like simple Bitcoin wallet, not simple Bitcoin wallet, the Lightning wallet at the time, just wants an easy way to do channel stuff, I think. And that's why the LNURL channels exist. 
But for one of the Lightning Hack days, I met uh, George Vassaro, and that was in New York. And uh, we were talking about this. I asked Christian Decker, actually, I said, when are we going to get static QR codes? I don't want to have to keep generating invoices. And he's like, yeah, it's, you know, we know it's important for people. It's the feature everyone requests, but we've got a lot of other things we need to kind of address first. And it's like, okay, so do we sit here and wait for the protocol people to build the things? Or do we just build like hacks and ways around it and whatever else they may be valuing those themselves? So I sat down with George Fasara and we talked about it. And he had uh, an arcade machine, um, which he'd built and one of these little microcontrollers, these ESP32s, and then actually hacked together like a demo version, which was cool. Um, so he hacked a Claire wallet. So a Claire wallet would do that get request. And then, and I, I think that's probably the first example of an Ellen URL pay. And it is recorded. It's in the Lightning uh, New York stream as well. So it's, it's quite a nice little bit of history, that is. Um, and whenever I'm with him at a conference, uh, you know, and, and, and then people say, oh, who, who are you? And I'm like, this is the dude who made the first Ellen URL pay. But so... So uh, I forgot where I was going with this. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, the faucets. Okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So so uh, the first thing I made was the Sinclair faucet, which was um, uh, named after Clive Sinclair, the, the great British inventor. And uh, you could pay some sats. You could pay. So you could select uh, how often you wanted your faucet to spit out, and then how much you wanted to put in. I think. And then how much each time it spat out. So you know, if you put a thousand sats in, you could spit out like a hundred sats 10 times or something every hour or every set then it would show you an invoice you pay the invoice then it would just have a page you could share with people and then they could just pull this faucet every hour people soon like hacked around and made bots and stuff for it but i, I that's alan your withdraw i always feel is very powerful like because you can use it for faucets so currently there's a guy driving around um, the u.s and i helped him spin up an lm bits and he's 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 actually doing it's on tiktok so i don't I don't really go on TikTok, so I don't really know to look for it. But he's he's doing like a treasure hunt. So he's, he's getting these little capsules and um, these little pill things. And then he's making a little LNUR QR code, a withdrawal faucet, and putting inside these pill things. And then he's hiding them all around the US. And he's like traveling all around the US doing this um, and then putting it on TikTok. And then he sort of films the location of where it might be. And then people have to go and search for this little tiny uh, pillbox thing. So you can do faucets with it, which is fun um, for treasure hunts and ATMs and whatever else. But I also think that an LNUR withdrawal can work like a direct debit. You know, if, if I want to pay Netflix, I can give them like an LNUR withdrawal and they can just, and with permission to pull funds once a month, and then they can pull funds once a month. Uh, with Bitcoin, it's like, it's one of those sort of, again, one of those blacklisted topics, the idea of subscription models, like we think that everything's going to be pay as you go. But I can tell you like now my lunar node, which I do pay as you go on, has again gone down because again, I haven't gone in and I haven't paid for my um, my service services, which I'm supposed to do every month. So subscription services are still quite useful, but I kind of think the LNUR withdrawal could work like that. The other proposal actually for a direct debit system is uh, they oh, was using LNURL pay in some way, but that was quite interesting. By, by the way, if anyone's interested in the LNURL, it's a very, I don't know, intro, I think it's a great technology. If you go on Telegram and look for LNURL Mafia, there's a great group where people discuss stuff. And like like with the, the bulk cards by Danny and um, uh, the Coin Corner lot, uh, which uses LNURL pay, LNURL withdraw. Yeah, so you give them an LNURL withdraw and then they can pull funds from your account. Yeah, that, all that sort of stuff is kind of discussed on there, uh, which is great. And it's cool to see, because again, we can, so a couple of years ago, I did an experiment where I got an LNU withdrawal and put it on an NFC tag and then did tap and pay. And when you do tap and pay, a light, lightning payment and it's tap and pay, and you, have, you want scanning a QR code and doing this with your phone, trying to get that QR code, uh, it's much more like how the technology should work. And it's so fast as well. It's like, it is faster than when you do tap and pay with a you know traditional legacy bank card. Uh, it's quicker. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why. It just feels quicker. Like we think 
people just complain about Bitcoin and Lightning being this complicated, complicated software and system. But actually, if you if you were to see behind the veil of legacy payments and, and Visa and all this sort of stuff and all the handshakes which go on with banks and things, uh, now that's complicated. You know, like we 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 we're, we're very simple compared to that. So because of that, I think it works quickly. It works quicker and often. So yeah, so it made sense to build that into Alan Bits. So if I have an Alan Bits installed running on my serve, on my, you know, my Raspberry Blitz or whatever, or I have it in the VPS connected to my my node, I want to be able to make, you know, faucets, give them out to people. I want to be able to experiment. I want to have an ATM connected to, you know, my Alan Bits installed and get it to display these faucets so people can pull the funds. As well as that, we've also got LNURL Pay. And then we've got experiments like the Satoshi Dice thing where we're kind of marrying the two. There's also the offline shop one, which is one of Fiat Jaffs, and that's a, that's a cool extension. So you can make a list of products and then it will just generate QR codes, static LNUR pays for those QR codes. And then you don't need to be online, but you also have a word list, right? And then every time a customer comes and pays for something, they, as a receipt, they get the next word in the word list. And then they can go to the merchant and just say, you know, bunny rabbit or whatever, or, I don't know, antelope. And then they, then the merchant either has the word list or has memorized the word list and say, you can say, oh, right, okay, that is the next word on the word list. And it's just a way of verifying payments in kind of like a market scenario, you know? Um, for just like a single a single merchant but that what often happens is that the someone will build something and then ideas will just spin off that idea so off that idea i came up with the um ln pos thing which is the hardware point of sale and because i've got ln bits i can just make an easy uh extension ln your devices where i can like register because basically the way it works is you have an offline point of sale um, the point of sale itself generates a four-digit pin when you input an amount and press the hashtag. It encrypts the four-digit pin. Uh, Step and Snag Rev helped here a lot, by the way, making some great crypto stuff. It encrypts the four-digit pin, puts it puts it inside the LNURL pay. So the LNURL pay is, is just a URL. So we can, on the end, we can tack on, you know, data. So we just tack on some, you know, scrambled encrypted uh, uh, data about the pin and the POS ID. Then once you, you scan the uh, LNURL pay to pay the POS, your phone is then doing that get request to the server, passing over that encrypted data. The server can then, using the POS ID, which is also in that uh, URL, can locate the POS in LNUR devices on LNBits, can get the key, can check to see if the payment has been paid. Uh, if it's being paid, it can then decrypt the key, then send the key back as a receipt to the person who's just scanned the QR code. So essentially, you have a POS where you can input an amount, press the hashtag, someone can scan it, and then as a receipt, they get the four-digit pin, but a bunch of stuff has happened there. But it means that the, the POS can be offline, which I think is is because I often all our hardware is pretty cheap. So it becomes quite powerful in like countries which are adopting Bitcoin but have limited infrastructure. Someone can walk around accepting Bitcoin payments on a hardware device, be completely offline, and then can verify that the payments are going through. And there's no way they can get that four-digit pin unless they've like hacked that person's server or something. So but that was a direct result of the offline shop. Uh, thing and then also the um uh the blesco mat lot so the blesco mat the uh, parallel polis people we have a blesco mat extension so you can easily connect your lm bits to your blesco mat and um they're there so just to be clear just the listeners who don't know what what is a blesco mat a blesco mat is a so there's a bunch of lightning atm projects uh those i suppose those three mate like this was mine there was the fossa free and open source atm and then there was the lightning atm and then there was the blesco mat built by the parallel polis people in prague so hccp um uh and they you know that's where trazor came from and they, they built some great stuff and uh the blessed mat is a an atm but you, you, when you put money in and it, it gives you that lnur withdrawal the atm itself is completely offline 
So it, it, you can just stick it up anywhere, uh, which is, you know, again, powerful because you don't need, uh, I can stick it up in a forest somewhere and somebody could like get some sats. It's also really useful. I, I don't think, because we go to a lot of these conferences and we take our hardware to these conferences and I don't, I never want to underestimate like the amount of impact not having internet at conferences had on developing these things. You know, if you make the points of sale and they require internet or you make ATMs, they require internet and then the conference internet is terrible because thousands of people are suddenly on the internet and you're like, oh, it's better, it'd be better if it was offline. So yes, there's all this altruistic building for countries with limited infrastructure but i do think that it's also off the back somewhat of uh, conferences and their terrible internet but yeah the blesco map works offline it's an atm it's great uh, great project and they have an extension lm bits so you can easily so basically the funds will then be pulled out of a, a wallet on your lm bits because then you, you have that added functionality of, of being able to limit exposure to funds the atm can only have say uh, access to 100 pounds worth of funds and then as when those funds run out it, you can get notified and then you can go in and you can top it up or you can put some automated script in there or whatever but you have some control over the amount of acts amount of funds which that atm has access to so again because that, i think that being offline and a hardware device mixed with vhf's offline uh, shop idea that kind of turned into the lmpos you know four digit pin idea uh, and, and again, this is why these Telegram groups are good. I think I dropped that in the LNURL Mafia group as just to, you know, feel it out. I was like, oh, I've got this idea. We could do this. And then, you know, if you have the right people, if you have someone like Hampers turn around and say, oh, yeah, that's cool, then you're like, okay, I could probably build that thing. <laughs> it's been validated. Back to the show in a moment. Have you left your coins on the exchanges? Unchained Capital are running a Drain the Exchanges promotion for Concierge Onboarding. So Concierge Onboarding is a program where they can help you set up your multi-signature vault and they are running a discount up until the 8th of September. So it's the price is down to a simple $250. And if you use the code Levera, you get, a, you get an extra $50 off. This program helps you set up your vault. You get a guided call. The team will guide you through setting up and withdrawing from an exchange or a single signature wallet into your multi-sig vault. So this is time limited up until the 8th of September. So think about improving your security and giving yourself that additional peace of mind. You are removing single points of failure in your security setup. So that website is unchained.com slash concierge. Use the code Levera to get a discount. For those of you in the world of Bitcoin mining or if you're interested in Bitcoin mining, Brains.com, that's brains with two eyes, is the place for you. They have a range of products and services that can assist you. They operate Brains Pool, used to be called Slush Pool, and they are putting out software that you can use to help mine and increase your efficiency with your Bitcoin mining machines. So you go to the website and check whether your model is supported, but if it is, you can get up to 20% or even 25% improvement in your efficiency. They also have Brains Farm Proxy, which helps you manage your farm of Bitcoin mining ASIC machines. They also have an Insights dashboard. So you can go there and check out the Insights dashboard. It's got a mining profitability calculator, which you might find really handy. So you can find all of that over at brains.com. And finally, those of you looking for Bitcoin hardware, my favorite is the cold card. Coinkite.com are the people who make this and produce this. It's gone through various iterations over the years. And the latest version is the Mark IV, which recently came out. It's got two secure elements. It has NFC support and it has just a range of features. And the cool thing is when you use the cold card, you'll end up actually learning a bit more about how Bitcoin works. So it's a really cool tool. I recommend it for yourself or even holding and buying some additional cold cards that you might use for when you're onboarding your family and friends to teach them how to use Bitcoin with hardware security. So that website is coinkite.com and use the code Levera to get a discount on your cold card hardware devices. Back to the show. Yeah, no, I mean, I love hearing about these um, because I think there's there's so many 
uses and there's all these different aspects of the Bitcoin and Lightning world that are interacting. And uh, so I think it's really cool to see. And so this could also be useful um, even just like just the standard, you know, with LN bits, just the standard POS, right? Let's say you're a cafe owner and it's got a user manager in there. So you can, I guess you, the idea is the cafe owner might delegate to staff certain responsibilities. I mean, so if you, probably for the staff owner, if they had their own LN bits account, account, they would just let the people working in the cafe open accounts. So user manager is actually more designed for someone using LN bits in their stack. So we have we have a couple of power users, you know, who have like uh, the like the lightning tip bot that runs um, on Telegram, that runs on LN bits. And it's been able to use the user manager and have LN bits like you know, just divide up accounts for users and wallets and all this stuff. And then, you know, like Lightning Tipbot can make use of all uh, the extensions in LMBits. So it could create faucet links. It can do all the things like, because it's all of the, all these things built into LMBits have APIs. So it's some, a, piece of, a lightweight piece of software, incredibly, you can put into your software stack. It's very powerful. So user manager is really beneficial for that. But on the, on, I mean, so I think it's very important to think of payment journeys and, and, we have in different countries, you have different payment journeys, different use requirements of something like Alan Bits of a, a, this sort of software. But there's a cafe near me, and I've told the story a bunch of times, but it's true. Like, there's a cafe near me. The guy who has the cafe is receptive to Bitcoin, likes Bitcoin, has some Bitcoin. I haven't yet told him the things I'm building because it's just not ready. Like, what I want for the experience is I. So he has an LM. We can use my LM bits, in fact. So he uses my LM bits install. Okay, he sets up a, a TPOS, which is the, the point of sale extension on LM bits. Uh, there was a great PR actually recently by by Lee uh, Lee Lee Reisman, Lee Reisman, and uh, in that he's added the ability to add tips as well, which is absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, so the cafe owner can have a wallet on my LM bits, a user account on my LM bits, a wallet. He can have two wallets. He can have a wallet for the cafe. He can have a wallet for tips. And then you can use this software point of sale and you can use it on your phone. It's fully phone responsive. And then the, the one you're using on your phone is completely air gapped from the actual um, LM bits. So there's no way they can get back to any wallet details from this phone. It hasn't got any keys or anything in it. There's like an extra hop. He can, and then so he can have in his, in his cafe, you can have a QR code and just say, if anyone wants to, Ben comes in and wants to pay in Bitcoin, scan this QR code with your phone and you have a point of sale. It's denominated in their local fiat currency for the people working in the cafe. Uh, in GPP, so the input amount, and then it generates a QR code. It asks me if I want a tip when I tip, and then it generates a QR code. When the payment happens, it splits between those two wallets. Now, that cafe owner, the question will be when he's accumulated, you know, when I, I go in there, I drink coffee in there most days. So when he's accumulated hundreds of thousands of sats worth of Bitcoin from, from me buying coffees, will be now what can I do with these sats? And it's like, okay, well, we're not in a circular economy. There's not that much you can do with your life. Well, you know, go pay for some VPS or some, you know, uh, or some, uh, uh, yeah, go get a server somewhere or a VPN or sorry. Um, like there's not that much you can do with this lightning stuff. What he wants to do is he wants it as a way of accumulating some Bitcoin, right? So now we have the Bolt Stock Exchange extension, which uh, DNI has been working on. It's so cool. And you can get it to listen to a wallet. So when a wallet has, say, £100 in it, the Bolt Stock Exchange extension will take the £100, right? And then it will loop out to an on-chain address. So you just need to give it an on-chain address. Now, even better than that, is we have the on-chain uh, extension in LM Bits, so you can give that an XPub. So actually, what can happen is the on-chain extension can generate a fresh address, and then every hundred pounds it can loop out to that fresh address, right? And even better than that, uh, we have a, uh, a Vlad Stan, another one of our contributors. I worked with him ages ago because I had the Bowser uh, hardware wallet, which I built. 
I worked with the major to go to come up with a Bowser too, but we never quite made it. And then recently we got together and he's, you know, I've got the hardware into his hands and now he's tinkering away. And we've built like, you know, like a, a, a an eight pound hardware wallet, which we can connect to with web. So just connect to with the USB, connect to LM bits. This has a private key on, it can sign a PSBT. Um, it can do all that stuff. So the cafe owner, if he wants a hardware wallet, if he wants, he could just give you an address from Kraken and you could just send the funds to Kraken, right? But if he wants a hardware wallet to accumulate those funds on, this is cheap enough for me to just be able to give him. I know that's not the greatest security advice, but this is his his uh, onboarding journey, right? And uh, in that onboarding journey, I can give him this hardware wallet, show him how it works, says, right, you're going to accumulate Bitcoin from me buying coffees. It's going to go into this hardware wallet. And then this is how you spend the funds from that hardware wallet. And the, the on-chain wallet extension is in, in LMBits is, is absolutely fantastic. The, it, it's so, it just, it works so well. Like it, when, you, when you make a payment, all fees, everything's automated, but then just you toggle a switch and then you can just you know, have a nice slider and you can select the fee you want to pay. Then you can also do coin selection as well. So you just click another switch and you can and you can randomize it and you can this it's so good. Fladstan worked on uh, Bitcoin JS um, in the past, so he's, he knows his stuff on chain. So that is, I think, as a collection of tools for that cafe owner, then when those things are built, which is very shortly because we have the hardware wallet, we have the point of sale with tips. The thing we're waiting on now is just that Bolt Stock Exchange extension to pass a bunch of tests. Uh, DNI's like this has also been great. We've been building a lot of tests into Alan Bits, and he's building a great testing suite for his own extension. So he's very pedantic, which is good, I suppose, because you're dealing with bigger bigger quantities of funds. But that collection of extensions, I can set the cafe owner up with that. He can use my LM bits. I can charge him like a 2% transaction fee for using my LM bits or more, maybe 5% transaction fee. But I can say to him, look, if you don't want me to charge this, this transaction fee, then I can help you set up an LM bits. And then hopefully by that time, we'll have something like the cliche wallet thing where we could do like host a channel so he doesn't have to worry about you know, setting up channels, balancing channels so much, we can do it through these hosted channels and kind of automate that process a little bit and then add some some on-chain channels as well, some, some you know, normal lightning channels as well into it. So you have like this onboarding journey where, and, and then his risk profile for using my my service is obviously the, the fee I'll charge per transaction, but then also, yeah, it's like 100 quid, which is going into that wallet, you know? That's, his, that's, that's the risk for using a custodial solution. And then I think, this is something very interesting because, again, you know, going back to the, something we said earlier on, uh, there was this idea that Lightning would be kind of Lightning nodes would be easier to use and channels would be easier to use, and they're not; they're quite hard and still quite expensive. That will get better with channel factories and autopilot stuff. So I don't want to fud too much. But when you have countries adopting Bitcoin and they have limited resources, some of these things become nice ways for you know some merchant in in El Salvador who's on subsistence wage of a couple hundred pounds a, a month. And they, when they have, they don't mind using a custodial service, but they don't want to put too many funds on there for too long, particularly if it's a service just run locally and there's not that much accountability. But what they can do is they can use extensions like the on-chain swap one to just push those funds out and put them somewhere secure. Um, another extension, which does it in a lightning way, is we have Scrub and Scrub Semi-Custodial Remittance, something Bitcoin, I've come up with the acronym yet, but we've got the name Scrub because you like the name Scrub. And uh, what that does is you give it an LN address. So you could just generate an LN address in a more reputable you know custodial wallet because that's what they got to use because they can't afford to run their own node and then payments from this you know sketchy lm bits install run by some local kid you know every ten dollars or whatever or less every couple of dollars right every yeah, now and it then it's, it, it flushes out or sweeps yeah. out or, yeah. or constantly actually you can just constantly like just be a semi-custodial thing so you can access the point of sale and lm bits but when a payment comes in you'll just go i'll just push it across to the uh, to your wallet there so uh, that sort of stuff 
addressing custodianship more pragmatically and not just saying, well, everybody should run their own nodes. It's like, okay, cool. Ideally, yes. And we will get there. But for now, how do we build the best possible payment service for people? How do we build the best form of custodianship where there is some accountability like hosted channels? So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a very interesting area to be working. And that is a different payment experience to the, the cafe owner in, in the UK or Europe. Or yeah, something. gotcha. Yeah. Because they have that circular economy. Yeah, it's interesting because there's there's different challenges to walk through here. So in this example, let's say it's a cafe owner, they have to think they are probably thinking, well, hang on, how do I get that into fiat? Because I need some fiat to pay my business expenses. I've got to pay staff. I've got to pay this, that, and the other. And so I guess this is part about this is about smoothing that process to make it certain parts of it automated or certain parts of it at least built in into a way that's a little bit easier. Uh, I know one other example that I saw recently, and I think uh, people were sharing this as well. Is this idea of automated or recurring payments to a lightning address. And so you could, like hypothetically, let's say the cafe owner is running LN Bits and he wants to pay some of his staff to their lightning address. He could sort of set up a way to automated pay the staff a certain amount every two weeks uh, as an example so oh well know. we we so we had so one of the extensions we had uh, again off the back so we had um uh crypto graffiti he did a live stream and he had a qr code on the screen but what was cool about this ex- fitch i've made this extension just for this actually collaborated with crypto graffiti to make this extension when you had an l in your pay on the screen what's cool about it is when you paid a certain amount you could get a link for the song so you could download the song but then also the payment was split for um, I think like 10% to the DJ and then 90% to the producer of the, yeah. the song. And we all got excited by the split payments idea. So we have a split payments extension in LM Bits where you can just say to a wallet, like if this wallet gets funds in, split it between this wallet, this wallet, and this wallet. And then, you know, as you said at the very beginning of your of, of your show, I, I have certain like, you know, I like the idea of cooperatives, for example, and the idea of uh, a collaborative um, uh, enterprises. So the idea of some little coffee shop being able to spin up a group of friends, three or four friends, and they say, okay, well, you get X percent, you get X percent, you get X percent. And then, and they kind of work it out themselves. And, and then X percent goes towards, you know, the, the upkeep of the service and uh, costs or whatever. And then every time at point of sale, every time a payment is made, it's then split across those different participants in that cooperative. And then I think, well, what happens if you have like a tree of splits? So I go buy a, a laptop from the shop and when I make that payment, because we're not beholden to uh, a weird legacy visa networks, which, you know, ha- have uh, limitations when it comes to transactions, whatever, we could have like payments splitting. Uh, for departments, so it goes to distribution, manufacturing, you know, uh, uh, marketing, and then from there it then splits again, splits there, and the you know the cleaner on the shop floor is getting these sats dribbling in into their phone, and then the the, the sats stop stop dribbling in, you know, the, all the the, the millisats stop dribbling in from all these laptops which are being sold, and then that cleaner then becomes a bit more engaged in why has it stopped? Well, okay, well we 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 cut down the percentage for the marketing team, you know, uh, or sales. And it's like, okay, well, maybe we should give them more. And you give them more, and then you have the problem of there's not enough in manufacturing to keep up with the demand and blah, blah, blah. So you, you get these participants in this cooperative all becoming a bit more engaged. That's my own personal interest in that particular idea of splitting payments. I think it could radicalize and radically change production in, in, in some scenarios. And I think Lightning can allow that sort of stuff and it becomes interesting it's competing in a free market yeah. so you can't you know. it's reminiscent also with podcasting 2.0 as well this idea of if you're using say breeze or fountain and people are doing the podcasting 2.0 and they're having a certain split go to the host and a certain split going to well so project. so split payments split payments and the crypto graffiti thing came first and adam curry he was a huge fan of lm bits and he did this amazing shout out on some podcast where he's explaining his bitcoin journey and how he installed raspberry blitz and then he did a one-click install of LM Bits, and he's like, 
holy shit, look at all the things you could do with this RLM Bits. And then he came into RLM Bits channel. I didn't know who he was uh, and said, you know, I'm interested in this podcasting thing. And I was, I was, uh, he was talking about RSS feeds and I was like, uh, it, it didn't really like tickle my fancy, but I wish I'd like engaged more with him at the time. But that is an extension I really want to build. I was talking to Anita Posh about it, actually, where you can just uh, upload your podcast to the, your LM Bits install and create that RSS feed, the RSS 2.0, whatever it's, is it RSS 2.0? Uh, podcasting 2.0, yeah. Yeah, podcasting 2.0, that, create that RSS feed, and then people can subscribe to it, and then you can do it through LM Bits, uh, and then have the funds go to, I guess, go to an LM Bits wallet. I need to look into it, but I think that would make a cool... Again, a cool extension for people. Um, yeah, if they've got an bits installed and then they're doing podcasting, they might as well make a. And I'm not sure whether it will work. If you have any feedback on that concept, would that work? Maybe. Uh, I, I think it's early days with all of this stuff. I think it's hard to sort of figure out exactly, you know, wh- where, like, how much demand is there going to be. But I, I'm curious to see where it goes, right? Like, to see what yeah. happens with all the podcasting 2.0 stuff. Like, I'm, I have, you know, podcasting 2.0 stuff you know i've played around with it obviously uh so yeah i, I just think i guess it's, yeah, it's it's early yeah it's like a lot of these things like uh and this is often the complaint and the constant the thing we complain about is sort of like the lnur mafia group a bunch of us like boomy and me you know we're building something we'll be like oh we, what we really want like with an lnur pay for example when you make an lnur pay there's no real way for um what was it? So if you're, the idea was if you're using, if you're doing WebLN and then you pay in a browser, you then want the browser to be able to check the payment and deliver something, I think, or something like that. There was something which LNURL Pay couldn't do. And both of me and Boomi had the same issue. And we were like, it'd be nice if you could just have like a LNURL Pay verify thing where it could just like check to make sure the payment's gone through. And then there's this kind of kickback and people are like, well, never, no one wants to build things with it. Or like LNURL Pay, one of the, things functions you could do and you could put in a comment in the payment um and a few wallets adopted it but it wasn't very well adopted and then support for it kind of waned and it's not really supported now as much as we'd hope but actually no i, I tell a lie it is more supported now but anyway there was a period where it wasn't very well supported and a bunch of us were like actually this should, this should be supported and it's like well what tools use it and it's like well none currently but if you build the ability to make the thing then you know people will build things on top of it so it's kind of like the podcasting 2.0 thing if we build an extension Melon bits to make it a little bit easier to do podcasting 2.0 who knows like someone might use that in in some weird and creative way which may not be related to podcasting marrying it with some it up with some other extension but uh i think you gotta like build the tools first and then and then allow give give people the tools so they could easily build the things and then people be creative and build interesting things yeah. uh, so yeah i like you yeah i'll just see where it goes but try and get the tools yeah. into their hands and i think Another area I'm curious as well, just to get your views on that, is just paywalls. So even just people who want to, let's say they want to do a website and use LN Bits as the underlying way of running a paywall. Can you just talk through that case? How would that work? What does that look like today? Yeah, I think I think may, may I think I might have spoken spoken to you about this in the I speak to you about this in the past because I've always had an interest in the paywall stuff. I, I really wanted from from the beginning of when I first used Yalls, Alex Bosworth's Yalls, which is a great example of Lightning being used. Um, I, I just wanted that in in WordPress, like a, a pay to read more button, you know, instead of a read more button, and. Um, I uh, I put out a couple of bounties actually to try and get this thing created because I don't know how to do WordPress, make WordPress plugins. And a couple of people, they made plugins almost there, but they weren't quite what I wanted. So, but Boomi's actually from, from Albi. He's made a great um, plugin for, for WordPress where you can do, I can't remember what it's called, but if you Google it and uh, you can you can pay to read more, you can do that thing where you put this link in an article and then so you can give them a little snippet. And I just think, you know, for when it comes to, press like if i go to the financial times someone sends me a link to an article some bitcoin article 
some Financial Times article. I go there, and then it's, it has this subscription thing. And I'm thinking, man, like I would overpay f- to access this article now because I really want to read it. I would pay like 50p or a pound or something to access this article. Um, and probably, you know, in the great scheme of things, if I was paying a subscription and accessing this newspaper, they probably calculate that this article is worth, you know, fractions of pennies. I would overpay if there was a paywall option as well. And it would be so easy to add that paywall option in there. And there's, there's this, I cross my fingers and I hope that the Financial Times is a gimmick on the Satoshi, on the white paper day or something. They'll do that. They'll allow people to, you know, have a, a pay-as-you-go paywall to access some of their articles using the Lightning Network. Or, or even just the one article on, you know, what is today? Okay, it's the white paper day, blah, blah. I think it'd be a really interesting gimmick. But yeah, for, for personal blogs and people running it, it's just needed to exist. And now it does exist and people can use it. And again, I'm sure people use it in really interesting ways, but not for not just, you know, um, unlocking written content because you could lock on unlock all sorts of content with it well i think one thing is people just don't know about some of these things right because of course yeah. you and i and we in our let's call it our bitcoin and let, let's say lightning bubble we know about some of these things but i think the average person doesn't actually understand and maybe they haven't taken the time to actually try and pull these you know the pieces exist they just need to combine them and put them out there and so even say marty bent he's got uh, i know he's doing something with ghosts and having a way of paying for his newsletter you know you can pay one off and see get past the paywall but the same kind of functionality exists in ln bits and i think a lot of people just don't know that they could let's say run a raspberry blitz install ln bits on it do a paywall and now get paid content on their website yeah so the the ln bits extension is great but it, that's you hit you give someone a link and then they hit a link and they're like okay pay this invoice pay the invoice and then it reroutes them to the uh, the thing which they're unlocking but then there's nothing to stop them taking that thing and then sharing it with people uh, as a way to kind of get them around that paywall. It's very useful. And actually, you can like paywall a paywall to have repeat payments and things. That was a, an idea from Tim um, from LMPay because that, that was uh, paywall, paywall.co or something to begin with before it became LMPay. So, yeah, no, it's it's paywalls are very, very, very powerful. I agree with you completely. And um, actually, I think that, that idea of, of not knowing where everything is is getting worse. Because like like the Bolts uh, dot exchange extension which DNI is building, I had no idea this thing called Bolts dot exchange existed and how cool it was, you know, and it existed for a while. How slick and a finished product it looks like, and there's just so many lightning projects and people like, particularly if you're building stuff as well, or you're getting on, you're making things. You look up and there's, and there's all these projects you haven't heard of, and uh, it's kind of hard. like a few years ago. You, I don't know about you, but I could kind of keep taps on what was what was happening everywhere, but now it's just it's so oh, tricky. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean it's cool to see it's cool to see there's so many uh uses and it's a good problem to have yeah yeah so i would probably i think listeners would want to hear maybe just from you as one of the guys behind ln bits uh if you could just outline some of the the people who are using ln bits today already so as you said there's lightning Tipbot, there's other projects and you know people who are using ln bits in the background so do you want to just spell that out for people yeah, there's there's a bunch of people. I mean, so anyone you know running one of our hardware projects like the POS or anything, they're then they're using LM bits. But then also, you know, we have so we have single users. We have people just using it for themselves. Quite often, actually, I'll go to a conference and someone will be just used because LM bits is a an Insta wallet. You can just use it as a wallet in your browser in your phone. You can actually install it as well if you're using Chrome. It's like a progressive web app, so it installs like an app, and then it's just like a phone app, you know. But then, so a lot of people use that just as a, a wallet connected to their node. Um, when they're out and about spending funds, um, 
And that's really interesting to see uh, for single users. But then there's other people who are running kind of custodian services for friends and family. I know um, a couple of people like they give their kids pocket money in sats um, or they give a proportion of their kids pocket money in sats and they just have like an Allen Bits wallet on their node. And uh, but then also like we have big power users using it as part of their stack. I know when all the stuff kicked off in El Salvador, the Guatemalan bank Ibex, just with the, they just used the point of sale extension as a entire business product. So they um, went to, you know, I know hairdressers or a shop or whatever and said, you okay, you need to accept Bitcoin. Here's a point of sale. Use that. When you've, you know, you want the cash, come to us, we'll give you the cash. And uh, they literally would just look at the uh, wallet, which that POS was connected to, and then they would just give them the cash and then just empty the funds out, the, you know, delete the funds from the wallet. So yeah, you can use it. I mean, that was kind of, it kind of sucked at that time because that was, I suppose that was a year or so ago. And Ellen Bits at that point was still, we still had like a few critical bugs in the framework. So it would like, if you, if you, if you used it, uh, if it was a busy server, it would like trip over itself and then it wouldn't wake itself back up. So we had like a massive refactor and we moved across to fast API to kind of get around that, uh, from Quartz. Uh, and that was fusion 44 did that. That was great. Uh, one of the Raspberry Blitz developers. So it's kind of sucks that that so with the Ibex guys, I, mean, I spoke to them at the time. I was like, guys, you realize we're beta and like we have bugs. <laughs> You're using it for a product for a bank. It scares me. And then they ended up developing their, their own solution, which is basically the same. Like it's, you can see the lineage in the, in the POS. Um, Ibex are a great company. I'm really excited about them. And I'm glad that they're in that part of the world and they're doing, they're doing such a good, good job, you know, promoting Bitcoin in the, in, in the right way and, and lightning in the right way. But I think now if they were to use LM Bits for that purpose, they would just stick to it because why wouldn't they? Because it works great, flawless. You know, it doesn't trip over itself. It's fast. It's so fast. So, yeah, more and more people as it becomes, as it's become stable, I mean, we're still beta, but I feel like we're on the road to coming out of beta now do use it as part of their stack. Uh, we have uh, the Lightning Tip, but I don't know if the, because, yeah, we have the Lightning Tip bot, which uses it, and that's a real, a real power user. gives us a lot of uh, good feedback on LM Bits. So, yeah, as part of your stack, as a custodial for friends, family, giving your kids pocket money, as a merchant for a shop. The, the classic problem with free and open source projects is you have no idea who's using your shit until someone sends you a picture and they're in, like, you know, the deepest, darkest jungles of Peru, and they go into some cafe and somebody's using LM bits in on their phone for a point of sale for to accept lightning you're like oh, okay cool <laughs> and, yeah. uh, well there was another there's another example like that i think it was the central african republic actually there was this nice little video of this guy selling um something in his shop with bitcoin uh and he was using i think he was using lightning tipbot the telegram thing which i just mentioned before one of our power users so like they were like yeah they were super excited about it but then also excusing Alan bits in the back end too so it's you know this is what it's the banking of yeah. the unbanked stuff which we're I mean we're interested in giving people good payments experience aren't we and giving access as much access as possible so if someone in limit with limited resources can access the technology and it works then it's like okay cool like that means most of the world can probably access this thing so it's it's a range of users and and we get our issues you know in our repo we have people pring so it's like so ali just recently pr'd uh, uh, an invoicing uh, extension um which is really cool actually just makes an invoice link you can give to someone and they can make payments and pay down their whatever the invoice is and keeps track of that. It's actually dead useful. But so he's obviously using it in some capacity where, or he want, has some customer or something, he wants to use it in that capacity. So you kind of get an inkling of where people's interests are with the software. But yeah, you, you don't, I don't know, who knows? Who knows, who knows who's using people it? People are out there and they're just using it for whatever, you know, and they could even, I've seen um, just from playing around, you can have it as a tip jar. You can use it to sell event tickets. 
uh, in your own sort of self-hosted way. Let's say, let's say you're a Bitcoin meetup organizer and you want to organize a barbecue, but you want to charge people, you know, whatever, 30 bucks to pay for the food and the drinks yeah. and whatever. You could sell your own little event tickets on that. I mean, there's all kinds of ways you can use it, whether it's hobbyist or community or even business, professional business people who are using it as part of their stack. So uh, I encourage people to check it out. The website is lnbits.com. Uh, and of course, make sure you follow Ben. He's on Twitter. His handle is at ArcBTC, A-R-C-B-T-C. Uh, so uh, Ben, any final thoughts out there for listeners? Yes, we also have, because when you get to that um, lnbits.com website, we also have um, a, a version of lnbits written in Go called Infinity. Uh, and that uses and handles extensions slightly differently. So I would advise people to kind of, Legend is the one which people we're all working on to get out of beta. And then as soon as we do, we want to, start using and playing around with this the, the go version and i mean it's being worked on actively and people are using it as part of their stack and things but uh we just need to get the the legend the python version out of beta first and then make it fully usable for people and then the go version is also very interesting the way the way because it, it makes developing extensions kind of really easy so that's that's something we're very excited about but so yeah so when you go there check out the the legend version and also i mean check out the go version too and also run it and play around with it but uh, you know that's that's the more experimental version um which we've been playing around with uh so yeah um not really uh, if you want to check out the hardware stuff we have i think we got a link i think there's a repo for the hardware wallet which we can use with the allen bits on-chain extension in the allen bits repo but I, we should also probably link that in the on-chain extension itself in the because we have a little about bit um and the point of sale if that's a, a arc btc if you google that github then you should be able to find my lmpos and then also my atm the fossa and other projects, sweet machines and all the little gizmos and whatnots. And oh, Bitcoin Switch, that's a nice project. Just, you know, a very cheap little module. You, you can accept a payment, turn something on, make something, you know, happen. Like whatever, like a vending machine. I've got a vending machine project on there as well on ARC, BTC on GitHub. But yeah, check out Alan Bits. Check out the hardware stuff. Come into the Alan Bits Telegram group, actually, t.me backslash Alan Bits. And then it's like a, a good film, a good story, sorry. You know, they always say in like the film industry, a good story writes itself. That's kind of like Alan Bits. As soon as someone understands what it is, they're like, oh, we could do blah, blah, blah. And they, they come up with some great idea. And you're like, oh, yeah, great. Because they've got, you know, different life experiences and they have their own you know ideas. So it's always exciting when you have someone new come into the project. Even if they don't think themselves as being very technical or creative, you'll suddenly find that they start coming out with good ideas. And often, I mean, there's some ideas people have proposed just in the group and then within a couple of weeks someone's made it you know someone's like oh i made that thing off the back of someone else's idea so you don't necessarily have to be a developer to contribute um but obviously we always are looking for contributors so please do you know contribute if you can and uh, yeah that's it i think oh there's also there's also a, a telegram channel for the hardware stuff called makerbits uh, t.me backslash makerbits um and that's cool we've got some you know a couple of electrical engineers making fabricating POS boards so they can come up with a, 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 a more sort of industrial looking POS. I think the couple of the best gamut people are in there as well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a nice, that's a nice group too to, to check out. Excellent. Well, uh, listeners, the links will be in the show notes. And uh, Ben, thank you for joining me today. Bye bye. Thank you. Cheers. Get the show notes at stefanlevera.com slash 407. Thanks for listening. I'll see you in the Citadels.